with the Environment in Focus, I'm Tom Pelton. Just before the presidential election, the Chesapeake Bay Foundation sent me a letter asking me for money. Many of you probably received the same fundraising letter from the nonprofit group urging support for an oyster planting campaign. The letter said, quote, You can help bring back the oysters and save the bay. Your gift to CBF of just $18 will help us plant 1,800 oysters. Larger gifts will help us do even more, unquote. Along with the letter came a yellow slip of paper with what it called an important update. It assured voters that, quote, Our work has always been bipartisan because we know the health of the bay and the people and wildlife that live in the watershed is not political, unquote. This final bit about saving the bay being non-political is not really true, although it is probably effective as fundraising language among CBF's wealthy donors who enjoy oysters. The fact is, environmental policies and laws are inherently political. This is because they require votes by elected officials who are members of political parties and who must make difficult decisions that are almost always controversial because they involve some kind of economic compromise for the common good. The truth is, President Trump and his Republican supporters were probably the biggest obstacles to the Chesapeake Bay cleanup in the 53-year history of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. In fact, CBF filed a federal lawsuit against the Trump administration's EPA on September 10th for its failure to enforce a 2010 Bay cleanup agreement and by allowing Pennsylvania to dump on its downstream neighbors. In the end, President Trump lost the re-election vote, but it was fairly close in Pennsylvania, where the Chesapeake Bay Foundation has thousands of members. Swing voters in Pennsylvania might have been better informed and served by a more politically active, aggressive, and candid conservation organization. After receiving CBF's letter, I declined to give money to their campaign, in part because it does not go far enough to protect the Bay's oysters. In reality, it's more of an emotionally-based fundraising scheme than an effective policy that would save the Bay. I say this as a former CBF employee who worked as the organization's senior writer for almost six years, researching and writing all of CBF's major reports, including one of their last studies on oyster restoration policies. The problem is this. CBF wants your money to plant oysters, but because it would be politically controversial, the organization remains silent about what would really be needed to restore a healthy oyster population, a temporary ban on dredging for wild oysters in the bay. The bay needs a moratorium on the dragging of heavy metal rake-like devices with bags across the bottom, which rips up oyster reefs and destroys habitat for blue crabs and fishes. Excessive dredging and other harvest methods have played a major role in a catastrophic decline of oysters around the world, and today only perhaps 1% of the Chesapeake's oyster population remains. It's time for Maryland and Virginia to shift to 100% oyster farming and aquaculture, which is lucrative for watermen and growing rapidly as an alternative industry. A moratorium would give the wild oysters a rest until they can reproduce and recover and once again resume their filtering of the bay's waters. So if you received the letter I got from the Chesapeake Bay Foundation, send it back to them, not with money, but with a note saying, grow a spine, stand up for what you say you believe in, protect the bay's keystone species before it's gone. 
with the Environment in Focus. I'm Tom Pelton, author of The Chesapeake in Focus. This program is sponsored by the Abel Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own.